The agenda of Satan is to have everyone unbaptized. So what if he can convince an entire group of well-meaning people that sprinkling water on a baby is baptism, you never have to be baptized again. He wins. He wins. Why? Because he makes you ineffective in the spiritual realm. Because when you understand, I have now born again, I'm a new creation, I need to be baptized because that's a step of faith. God said so. But what happens is I'm now registered in the Spirit. I'm now covered. I'm protected. But I'm also empowered and more effective for the Kingdom of God. Welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. We are busy with a series. Uh, It's called Who Shall Ascend? And it's from Psalm 24. And we're using it as a backdrop to go through our foundations of our faith. And we've already done uh, repentance, salvation, Last week we did faith and obedience, and I would encourage you, if you haven't watched or listened to those, to please go and watch or listen so that you're on the same page as the rest of us. The reason we are doing this is because God has shown us that these are elementary principles that we need to have firmly understood so that we can do what He's called us to do. And I I think you can see from the, the testimonies today, that, that His Word is true, His Word is powerful, His Word changes lives. Amen? Can we just give God another praise offering for every, everyone? Yo, I'm so blessed by that. So today we're going to focus on baptism with water, baptism with Holy Spirit, and our message is called Those Who Are Washed. Those Who Are Washed. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in the holy place? Those who are washed. Because when you are washed, you have clean hands and a pure heart. Amen? All right. And um, I'm going to skip ahead to our series, Anchor Scripture, Psalm 24. And I'm going to start where it says, Who may ascend? It says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face, who seek your face. We've seen the importance of understanding repentance, but a moment where we realize I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I need to turn from my old life and towards God and His grace. And by grace, through faith, when I make that decision, I am born of God, I'm born again, I am now saved, part of the kingdom of God. 
then we need to understand that because my, the same way my salvation was started by faith, the rest of my journey with God will be by faith. And we saw that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. And we've learned that our substance is the word of God or a word from God that I can stand upon. And when the storms come, I know my God said. And that's linked to obedience, A life lived for Jesus is a life lived in obedience to Jesus and to His Word. Amen? So that brings us today to the message called Those Who Are Washed. And we're going to talk about water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. I probably won't get to all the detail I'd like to get to in the time that we have left. But I'm going to try and get as much across as possible. I have a lot of scriptures because the Word of God is full of this, Um, but we'll see how many we get to. But my main aim for this morning is for all of us to get a either a fresh understanding or maybe a new understanding of what the Word teaches about baptism and how important it is and how, uh, how it registers in the Spirit. Amen. All right. This is a foundation. It is mentioned in a scripture that I use normally at the beginning of this um, sermon, these sermons from Hebrews 6, uh, verse 1 to 2. It talks about the elementary principles of our faith and it mentions baptisms. So it's a foundational, important thing that we need to understand. All right. The origin of the Greek, the origin of, of the word baptism comes from Greek baptizein or baptismos, which means physically to immerse fully, to immerse completely. Um, we, the word in Hebrew that comes close to that is mikveh, which is a ceremonial cleansing ceremony that they used to do. They used to bath themselves before uh, doing certain activities in the, in the temple and as priests and stuff like that. The first time we see baptism in the New Testament is when John the Baptist is doing it to make way for Jesus. And he does the baptism of repentance from sin. And we see John um, sees Jesus and he baptizes him. We're going to pick it up in Matthew 3 from verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff and unquenchable fire. Sorry, chaff. I always get that wrong. (laughs) Then Jesus came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Listen to that. Jesus came to John to be baptized. John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him. <laughs> when he had been baptized, in other words, he was put underwater, he came up. Jesus came out immediately from up the water, from, from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So the first baptizer baptized Jesus with water. 
total submersion. And then Jesus saw the heavens open up and the Holy Spirit de- descending on him. Will you agree with me that reading this, being baptized is a spiritual action? It's a, it registers in the spiritual realm. Now, in the first stages before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, water baptism is for repentance, which is what John was doing. But we haven't yet seen the baptism of the Holy Spirit, except for when he came upon Jesus. Now we're going to follow the scriptures. I'm going to do my best to get through these so we can see how we are introduced to these principles. So Jesus gives very specific instructions about how the disciples were to reach all nations with the good news and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he also told them that they will receive the Holy Spirit as their helper and that he will empower them to be witnesses to the whole world. The Great Commission and the power of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. It's very important for us to know this. And baptism with water and baptism with the Holy Spirit are mentioned um, as we are called to the Great Commission. Look at Matthew 28. You'll know this well, but read it as if you're reading it for the first time and, and focus on this is Jesus speaking. The, he was already um, killed. He already was raised and he's now in his glorified body. He's about to ascend into heaven. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is known as the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. Mark 16 from verse 15. It's the same speech captured in a different way by Mark. And Mark brings in something interesting. Listen to this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So your dog needs to hear it as well, according to Mark. He who believes and is baptized, he adds that in there, will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Quick show of hands. How many of you believe Jesus is the Christ and you follow him? All right. These signs will follow you. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How many of you have ticked all of those things on your list? All of those things? Wow, we've got some hands. I'm impressed and inspired. This should be normal. Amen? Now I want you to show also Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus says, if we ask to receive the Holy Spirit, God who is a good Father will give Him to us. He says, if you then, being evil, look at that. He's talking about the example of how earthly fathers treat their children. He says, you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will our heavenly father not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
Luke 24. You are witnesses of all these things, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power, with power from heaven. Another translation says he will clothe you with power. John, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus repeatedly tells his disciples, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, a helper for you. I'm just going to read John 16 for you from verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. That must have been very tough for them to hear. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's what Jesus says is the mandate of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 from verse 4 to 8. This is where Jesus, this is the Acts version of Jesus' last words to his disciples. It says here, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is confirming that receiving him is a sort of baptism. And he says it's not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together and asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Look at the focus of the disciples. They are still waiting for their Messiah to save Israel from the Romans. That's their mindset. Look at how Jesus shifts this mindset. He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. But you, listen, he's like saying, don't worry about that. I'm going to give you something better. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has Come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is one of the main points of the Holy Spirit in our lives? To be witnesses of the good news. Amen? He empowers us. He strengthens us. Okay. Now, it was after this baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost that the disciples started speaking in many languages... And we spoke on that at Pentecost. The Spirit of God was poured out on many and made manifest to a melting pot of people from all over the known world. Now, from this baptism in the Holy Spirit, Peter preached the first Christian preach sermon. Acts 2, verse 37. Listen to this. Now, when they heard, now he, he laid out the history of the people of God and he spoke about how they crucified Christ. And now this happens. Now when they heard this, his whole sermon, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? This is what the truth of the word of God is supposed to do in our lives. When I read it, it's supposed to challenge me. It's supposed to do something on the inside of me like it has for some of our testimonies we heard today. It's like, hey, what I'm doing, the way, the way I'm, where I'm heading is not God's will. This is what the word is doing to them. And then Peter said to them, in answer to the question, what shall we do? He says, repent. It's our first foundation. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord will call. 
And with many words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. They were obedient to the word of God. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. It was the start of the church of God. He told them the truth. It cut them to the heart. Their response was, we are now humbled by the word of God. What do we do? Then he tells them what to do. It stretches them further in their faith. And those who received the word, you can even read into that, that there were some that did not receive the word. But those who did receive the word, they were baptized and added to the family. All right. From Peter's first sermon and the first time gospel message, we see a biblical pattern emerge. Repent, be born again. Get baptized with water. Receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and be added to the local church. Can we see those four points? Can you see them in our foundations that we've been doing so far? Repent from dead works. Get saved, born again. Realize that I'm doing this by grace through faith. Then my faith and obedience leads me to get baptized. Because the first act of obedience normally for a newborn Christian is to say, okay, the word says I must get baptized. I will get baptized. Because now I've I've taken the Lordship of Jesus Christ seriously and I will listen to what the Word says. So I step out in that. And then I obey Jesus and the last point, which we're going to do next week, I join the local church. I become submitted under leadership so that I can be discipled. They become part of the local church and they are led by the apostles. Can you see that? Just from those four things in Peter's answer, we get all of our foundations. I'm excited about it. I don't know about you. All right. Very quickly, those of you who have been baptized in one of our baptism services, you will know this. But it's important for us to quickly go through these four important pictures of baptism we get from the Scriptures. Because we need to realize that why does water baptism follow repentance and salvation? Why? Because it's an outward expression of what's happening on the inside. My old man is dying. He died. And my new man is raised. So I go under the water with the old man. I come up as the new man or woman. Burial and resurrection is our first picture. There are four pictures. Number one, burial and resurrection. Romans 6 from verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in our sin that grace may abound? This is where many people get stuck on grace. They're like, oh, God's graceful. He's just, he loves me. They have a misunderstanding of his love and they just do what they want. They live the way they want. He says, certainly not. How shall we who died in, who died to sin, how shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For He who has died has been freed from sin. That's amazing. Our second picture Crossing the Red Sea, 1 Corinthians 10 from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers who were under the cloud all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses into the cloud and in the sea. Water through old, new. Baptism. Circumcision is our third picture. Colossians 2 from verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And all the Gentiles go, whew. If you don't get that, give it a moment. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead, the Bible teaches us, so that we can be born from the dead into life. Are we following? Jesus is our example. Okay, so we have had burial and resurrection, crossing the Red Sea, circumcision. Now the fourth one is the flood. In 1 Peter 3, towards the end, I think it's verse 20 and 21. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. He's talking about Noah and the flood, and he makes it a picture for them to look at now. Which now saves you. The water baptism saves you. Which now, uh, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean Conscience, it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' resurrection, my decision to be born again and then to respond by receiving the baptism, it cleanses my conscience, but it's through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Are we following? It's very important to understand that. All of these signify the old life being dead and buried and the new life becoming new, coming, uh, coming to life. And this is confirmed in Colossians 3 verse 1. If you, if you were raised with Christ, who has been raised with Christ in this room? Anyone? Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Why? For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. All right. I think you're getting it. I'm going to skip ahead to Holy Spirit baptism. What do we get from these scriptures that speak of the Holy Spirit? The word power comes up the whole time. The word fire. The word manifestations. The word demonstrations. Is the power, the fire, the manifestations and the demonstrations the point? No. Jesus is the point. His people that are set free by Jesus is the point. 
witnessing the truth of the gospel is the point. But he does it through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that when I do lay hands on the sick, they get healed. Because they're going to go, how did that happen? Power of God. Power of God. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you feel this, many people feel a warmth. They feel a fire of God that starts inside of them. Mainly, Jesus says, this is to empower us to be witnesses. It's the Spirit of God among its people that brings unity, that brings one accord, one accord with the body of Christ. It empowers us that when we lay hands on people, that there is a um, transference of power. They said that John said that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And then we see that when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's accompaniment of speaking in tongues. Now, I know this is for many people a tricky situation, and you may think that's weird or whatever, but I want you to just take a moment and think, is it possible that when I'm touched by the living God and His Holy Spirit, that something in my spirit can happen that will have a physical manifestation that I might not understand? I believe it's possible. I've experienced myself. If we think that baptism is a submersion, then we also need to realize there's a reason why they call it Holy Spirit baptism. Because we need to have our spirit beings fully submerged by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Where does most of this happen, the spiritual warfare we face? In our minds, right? Would you agree? So, and, and if the Bible says we need to have the mind of Christ... I want you to almost get this picture that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that comes and washes your mind and makes it so that it's more like the mind of Christ. And the more we engage on a daily basis with Holy Spirit, the more we will have the mind of Christ, which means we will think more like Jesus. Are, we, are you with me? All right. So lastly, what I can say about this is there's an interesting thing when we read Acts. There's many verses that I can read to you right now. I won't go into all of them. But we do see that some are born again at one point and then only later heard about the Holy Spirit baptism and received it then. Some people were touched by the Holy Spirit while someone was preaching. And they, there is a moment where the Gentiles were, were, were completely baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Jews went like, well, surely we can't withhold from them being in the family of God. So let us baptize them. But they first had the Holy Spirit, and then they were water baptized. So it's not so much about the sequence of events, but that it should take place. Amen? Also, Mark says those who believe and are baptized will be saved. It doesn't mean that you have to be baptized to go into heaven. Because he, he says again, those who don't believe will be condemned. He doesn't say those who don't believe and are not baptized will be condemned. So it's not... Stopping your ticket to heaven if you are not water baptized. Amen? That's important to know. But what's very important to know, and I think everyone who has been baptized will know this, there's something that happens because you take that, that obedient step and you are baptized. It registers in the Spirit. Amen? And it's so important that baptism follows conversion. Why? Because baptism, like I said, is an external picture of what is happening on the inside. Now I'm going to get to another sensitive subject. 
Sprinkling water on an infant is not a baptism. It, it is not biblically a baptism. That's the wrong word. Ephesians 4 says there's one Lord, one baptism. And that's the baptism that we have after conversion. An infant has no ability to understand the impact of what's happening. What it is and what's beautiful about it is that it's parents going in front of God and the congregation saying, today I want to dedicate my child to Jesus and I want to say to this congregation, keep me accountable that I will lead my child. And you pray a blessing and that's beautiful and that's biblical. Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple for that specific thing. So there's a biblical precedence for that. But sprinkling is not a baptism because it's not submersion. So there's two reasons why it's not a biblical thing. And I know that this is a sensitive subject, but I want to tell you something that might rock your world. If you speak to people that have been saved out of Satanism, they will tell you that people who have been baptized, they have no access to them in the spirit. If people who have been in the occult and have astro-traveled to go and um, oppress people, when they astro-travel over a house where people have been baptized, they cannot enter it. There's a, they are literally covered by the blood of Jesus in the spiritual realm. And another thing that happened now recently in America, they were, during the Pride Week, they were having massive events in parks, and the people who were running it were inviting young people and saying, hey, have you been baptized? Don't worry, we'll unbaptize you. They were inviting children, children, to be unbaptized. Why in the world would they do that? Because the agenda of Satan is to have everyone unbaptized. So what if he can convince an entire group of well-meaning people that sprinkling water on a baby is baptism, you never have to be baptized again. He wins. He wins. Why? Because he makes you ineffective in the spiritual realm. Because when you understand, I have now born again, I'm a new creation, I need to be baptized because that's a step of faith. God said so. But what happens is I'm now registered in the Spirit. I'm now covered, I'm protected, but I'm also empowered and more effective for the kingdom of God. Amen? Very important to understand that. Even as I'm speaking, I can sense the resistance in the Spirit because of this thing is so sensitive. But I want you to know the truth is that you need to be baptized post-conversion. If you have ever spoken to people that say, no, I don't need to be baptized, I was baptized as a baby, please give them a proper teaching of the Word of God and say to them, you might feel okay, but you're not. And you're going to be ineffective for what God has put on your life. Amen? What I want to do today as we end off is just for us to stand in this, in this assembly and just... Let us receive the word of God. Let us say, Lord, I want to live your truth from your word in my life. And if there's anyone here today that is, has been convicted by the word of God, that, hey, shucks, maybe I need to get water baptized. I want you to make a decision to let that happen. We can help you with that. We can create a space and a time for that to happen. But more than that, if you have been water baptized and you understand and you've experienced the amazing thing that happened there, but you haven't experienced or had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to trust God that that will happen today for us. Amen. So would you stand and focus on Jesus?
and let, let God just come and minister to your heart. You can listen to me, you can read words in the Bible, but it may still not be revelation knowledge that changes your life. So I want to ask you, if you are willing, to take a moment as you close your eyes and focus on Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit, come and settle in my spirit being the truth about water baptism. If I am wrong in my thinking, convict me. If I'm right in my thinking, come and confirm it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just minister to people right now, please. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you are here today and you have not given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. Maybe you're like me. I was a cultural Christian. I I grew up in a Christian home. I really thought I was a Christian because I knew about Jesus. But then one day I met Jesus and I had an encounter with Father God and it completely changed my life. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you come from a, a background similar to, to Marku or one of the other testimonies we've heard today. And you come from a place of brokenness, seeking truth, seeking who God is. Whatever your story might be, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, please raise your hand. We'd like to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, anyone else? If that's you, please come to the front as everyone encourages you. Come, come to the front in this open space right here. Come to the front right here. Line up, just line up there. Oof. You don't have to be on stage. You can be there down the floor. It's fine. <laughs> anyone else? Come and join them. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I just want to ask some of the leaders to come and stand with them, please, as we pray. So I, I want you guys, you can turn around and face me, please. Just face me this way. Thank you. All right. Just open up your hands. Close your eyes. And, you'll be, and just pray after me. Everyone's going to pray with us, but this is specifically for you. And what you're going to do now in this moment is to give your life to Christ and ask Him to come and make you that new creation. That's what you're going to do now. Your old self will die, and your new creation will be created in this moment. That's what the Word of God says. So, by faith, I want you to pray this with me. If you have made a decision to leave the old behind and to say yes to Jesus, if that's you, pray this after me. Lord Jesus. Okay, I'm going to try again, and we're going to do it with passion. Lord Jesus, today I choose to lay down my life and to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I thank you that you died on a cross for all my sins. I accept that. 
I believe that. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and strengthen me. Help me to understand fully what has happened here today. Come and protect me and strengthen me and guide me as I start this journey with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask all of you after the service to gather just outside this door and we'll make sure that you guys are followed up properly. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. In our final, final moments together, let us trust that we will all just receive either the baptism of the Holy Spirit or a fresh outpouring in our lives. Amen. All right. Let us close our eyes and just pray after me. Holy Spirit, I love you. I see you as a person. And because I am born again, I know you live inside of me. I acknowledge you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now, that you will baptize me with your power, with your fire, and your holiness, I receive you. Thank you, Jesus. Just wait on Him. Just wait on Him. The Bible says, if we ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, He will give it. Father God, thank you that you have Holy Spirit touch every life right now baptize them fill them pour out on them Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come thank you Jesus thank you Jesus come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers us to lay hands on those who are sick and they will be healed. As we're inviting Holy Spirit into this space right now, if anyone here has any kind of illness, physical illness, mental, whatever it might be, just raise your hand. We're going to trust that the Holy Spirit will come and heal you right now. Just raise up your hand. If anything pains in your body, if you've got a condition of some kind, any pain, Family, if you see someone near you with their hands raised, please put your hand on their shoulder. Lay hands on them. Come and lay hands on them. Lay hands on them. This is what the Word of God says. If we lay hands on those who are sick, they will be healed. Let us trust Him. Let us trust Him for complete healing right now. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You have given us power that you have filled us with a holy fire. And we know, Father God and Jesus has said that when we lay hands on those who are sick, they will be healed. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we say now, 
in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be completely healed from all illnesses, all infirmities. Thank you, Jesus, for physical ailments that are healed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for mental illnesses that are healed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for broken hearts that are made whole. Thank you, Jesus, that you come and throw bitterness and unforgiveness off of people's lives. And you bring life and healing and fullness into them. We come against addictions. And we say addictions, we cancel you in the name of Jesus. All addictions are falling to the ground right now. And healing is coming upon people in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do your work. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just thank God for your healing. Start thanking Him. Thanking Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for His healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the healer. You are the miracle-working God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If we prayed for an, an ache or a pain or something in your body, just test it right now. And if you feel any kind of betterment, just lift your hands up. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is good. God is good all the time. I can carry on like this for all day, but I know. I know. Let us just, just, let us just give God a big shout of praise for His goodness, His grace, His mercy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Thank you, Jesus, for two years. Thank you, Father, for your protection, your guidance. Bless us as we go ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. And may He give you peace. We love you. Have a great Sunday. God bless you. Remember to stay behind for a cupcake and a coffee. And please take photos in front of that beautiful display out there. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.